Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I'm your host Ben Kreider and today we are going to be talking about the OKC Thunder's latest game against the New York Knicks. The breakout of Josh Giddy and Trey Mann in the Mecca. The accolades they accrued in their night. And then I'm also going to be talking about that first round pairing and what they will look like moving on into the long-term future. And to top it off, I will be giving you all a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So you do not want to miss out on that. But guys, talking about this New York Knicks game, man, on Valentine's Day, going to Madison Square Garden. Oklahoma City has not played there this season. So they're making their debut. They're out of arguably their two best players in SGA and Lou Dort. So they're armed with the usuals, the Rooks, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Darius Baisley. And then you got guys like Isaiah Roby patching in the five spot. And you get rocking and rolling toe-to-toe against a New York Knicks squad loaded at the front court positions. Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson are holding down the helm there. And they just get to playing basketball. This one was very tight to open the game. You had the Thunder take a 7-0 lead, then a 12-4 lead, making five of their first nine. But it got taken right away after a Tom Thibodeau timeout. Knicks rolled out. And they are able to take the lead. They're up 31-29 to going into the second quarter. And in the second, you had this same stuff happening. Kenrich Williams was able to give the Thunder a lead opening the frame. He had five points to begin uh, the end, or I guess to end that first quarter. Got a three ball to get eight consecutive for the team. Get them the lead. But then zero separation was made. Neither team was leaning by more than five in the frame. And New York came up top 62-61 to going into halftime. Looking at the halftime tape, Josh Giddy was running over the New York Knicks. He was starring the show. You had Mike Breen praising him in the first 24. He already had 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. And he had five shots in the paint and already hit down two triples. Both of those coming 25 feet deep from the left wing. He was feeling it from all levels of the floor. And New York had no response. All that they could do was just ground and pound looking to go inside. It was working, but they did have to lock down Josh Giddy. And going into the third, there wasn't much separation Yet again, two double-digit swings emphasized this quarter. You saw the Knicks go up off a major run, and the Thunder take it right back. But the Thunder were down three points going into the final frame, 94-91. to And to just give you guys some backbone of this, the Oklahoma City Thunder have not been an offensive-oriented team. They have been a league Low in a lot of categories. Field goal percentage, three-point percentage, points per game. They are they were averaging 100.7 going into the game. And going into the fourth quarter, 
they already have 91 points. So the offense was amazing for them. They just need to sure up defensively, specifically against Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle. And they were good to go for the game. And they did not falter in the fourth quarter. OKC took the lead at the 530 mark in the fourth quarter. And it was anybody's game. And then OKC put on the brakes for four consecutive minutes. From the 5.30 mark to inside two minutes. Zero field goals were made for Oklahoma City. But also, the New York Knicks could not return fire. Made the game a four-point contest with a minute on tap. OKC needed to cover a four-point ground. And they started it off just like what they were doing the entire game. Running through the rookies. Josh Giddy drives inside, gets fouled, hits both free throws on the other side of the basketball. Nick stall out on the other end. Trey Mann gets hacked and he hits both of his free throws. Ice in his veins to tie the game at 40 seconds. A Knicks miss gave them a chance to win it all. They call a timeout. They get a side out. And Josh Giddy is there to throw it in. And as you guys know, Josh Giddy has become one of the best inbound passers in the entire league. The connection with Kenrich Williams. Start him out at the free throw line. Make him cut inside and get a basket. You'd have to imagine that's probably on the scouting report now. But they had that option, and they had a lot of options. But Giddy got pressured. He tried forcing a pass in, immediately got stolen. Quentin Grimes was in transition. He gets the basketball, and he gets a transition layup to go. They take the lead, and they need a bucket on the Oklahoma City front. So, what do you do? You start moving the basketball around. Gets into Darius Baisley's hands at the right corner. And Darius Baisley is known to take shots in the high moments. Some people have been ragging on him for it. A lot of the shots have been low quality, but he gets the basketball. He was feeling himself all game. And faced upon a center in Mitchell Robinson, he wanted to get an extra five minutes on the scoreboard. So he slashes inside, puts on a spin move, Turns it into a reverse layup, and he just kisses it off the glass, ties the game up. This is the identical spin move to a reverse that he pulled off in the second quarter. No dice on it, but it got him open. He felt it in his bag, wanted to try it out one more time, and it was able to put this one on for an extra five minutes of play. OKC was able to get that down. New York had no reply on the other end. And when overtime hit, the stakes got even higher. It was a chaotic finish in the fourth quarter to get this one into overtime. And in overtime, Trey Mann took over, got the first two baskets for OKC. New York got a free throw down. And Evan Fournier spotted up at the left wing, pops it over a screen, hits it, but they waved it off due to an illegal screen. On the flip side, man kept on rolling. Layup went his way, put them up five. And then you had New York get a couple more shots in, but they could never reply back. And who else is it to end the game than Trey Mann? Gets to the line, hits a pair of free throws, 
says goodbye, and OKC ends up winning their second overtime meeting of the season, 127 to 123, put them to 17 and 40 on the year. And with the stat lines, this one might have been their best game of the season. And I'm going to break down the numbers, going to talk about Josh Giddy, going to talk about Trey Mann, going to talk about all the significance. But first, I want to let you guys know about the special offer going on with my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoop fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit here's what you have to do for the offer go ahead and download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code tbpn bet just one dollar on any nba team and get 150 dollars in free bets if they win that's promo code tbpn at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line. That's 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut's Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. But guys, moving on to the performances from the rookies, Josh Giddy and Trey Mann. Easily easily their best games respectively you go out here without your two top guys and they emerge on the brightest lights they took it over from start to finish in this game i think it's fair to say the top two guys were both in oklahoma city thunder jerseys last night julius randall did go off with a triple double mitchell robinson did get his own double double but Look at the production you saw from the two guys. And I'm going to start out with Josh Giddy here. He enters the contest, plays a total of 39 minutes, goes 11 of 22 from the floor, and drops a career-high 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 12 assists. Goes 8 of 11, or gets 8 of his 11 shots in the paint, and goes three of four from downtown, so he was absolutely feeling it, and whenever anyone gave him pressure, he was zinging cross-court passes like nobody's business, that's how he's up to 12 assists here, when you break it down, I believe four or five of these went to Bays right under the basket, or right out from three, and even Trey Mann was getting in on the mix, 
He was picking apart New York's defense that entirety of his tenure on the court, and he was able to smash some records with this game. First up, triple-double time yet again. This is the third time he's done it this season. There's only been two other rookies in the last 20 years to have three triple-doubles in their rookie year, and Giddy still has 25 games to go. The other two, Luka Doncic and Ben Simmons. Both of those guys ended up being the rookie of the year. Along with that, two times in a row, this is the seventh time we've seen a rookie do this in NBA history, and it's been the first time since Ben Simmons did this in March of 2018. And in the MSG, in the Mecca, fourth rookie in NBA history to place a triple-double in his debut. He joins Chuck Pearson, Magic Johnson, and Wilt Chamberlain. That's a very exclusive club to be with. And now he owns the three youngest triple-double games in NBA history. And he's going to make it pretty damn hard based on the first one he set in January. Dude is the second youngest player in the NBA and he's easily one of the top 15 passers in the entire league at 19 years old. Really mind-boggling stuff with that, but wow. I mean, I wish I could show you guys the tape right here. Lots of cross-court passes where he's literally zipping it through the tightest of windows. When you see him at the top of the key, oftentimes you're going to get that high ball screen, and off of it, I see a lot of motions or just a lot of plays where he's looking to dump it off to the big man or take it himself. That's not really the case anymore. And compared to SGA, it's a completely different play style. He is looking to kick it out to the corner or the wing or anywhere, truthfully, off of that high ball screen. And I think those layups are like the last resort for him, even though due to six foot eight, he's looking right over his defender and they're wide open shots the majority of the time. He's getting even better looks on catch-and-shoot three-point shots, and he's putting it right on the money for his teammates. They end up shooting 38% from three this game, and there's a real obvious reason as to how that happened. It's because Josh Giddy is able to find these openings in a level of IQ, accuracy, everything encompassed in here. He has it right now. He's got that X-factor ends up playing this way the entire length of the game really didn't falter outside of that inbound pass but he obviously redeemed it in the last five minutes because there was overtime and he's able to break record after record in the process how can you not love him as a player and how can you not love him as one of the cornerstones a franchise is looking to build upon as they progress through their rebuild and the same goes for Trey Mann Trey Mann leads the Thunder in scoring this game, has 30 points on a 9 of 16 shooting clip, 4 of 7 from downtown, and went a perfect 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Had 2 rebounds, 1 assist, so he was all about being the microwave here, but oh my god was he the microwave. He's able to carry them in the overtime, had 8 points right there, and then evenly drops 11 points in the first in the second half respectively dude's points just came in bunches and when he was feeling it nobody was going to contest him and honestly when Trey Mann was out there last night and this is kind of a, a thing for the season like all of those shots 
specifically in the mid-range and the three, are not very contested. And it's because the man is so damn agile. The setbacks create so much room. How are you going to be able to cover that ground in the set amount of time he does it in? The deceleration he has off of the quick first step is also wacky. And he's already playing like an NBA veteran. Dude's got the Jordan Clarkson uh, blood in him, you know? Like, I've given the comparisons and I've given the ladders to what a shot creator, microwave type guy is. And Jordan Clarkson's kind of at the top there. Dude's not Frank Jackson anymore. Come on, let's keep it real. He's going to be dropping 20 points, 30 points when he's really on. And just based off that step back alone, he's making a ton of money. Now, you don't even need to step back for him to be an efficient player. I mean, his catch-and-shoot game has been hovering around 40% this year. And the slashing game, too, has been magnificent. We saw in Florida, a lot of his game had to do with runners and floaters. I said that he had one of the top two floaters in the draft class. Now, Josh Giddy's actually been a surprise. He's probably been one of the top three, four but man, I had him as one of my top two in that category. He's definitely up there. And he was doing a lot of them last night. But also, he was looking to get dirty around the basket. Whenever we saw him in Las Vegas for the Summer League, his driving ability was nice, but you had to look at the percentages. He was so inefficient from inside three feet he was looking to play bumper cars around the basket when he could have take he could have taken push shots and he wasn't getting foul calls he was just running into people hoping it helped out now he's getting the floater back and he's actually looking to bump inside and he's absorbing the contact now and with the distribution being altered he's a three level nightmare right now and he's only 21 years old just turned 21 he's a rookie and he's really damn good for OKC. He's been doing great as a starter. We saw the 29-point game he put up against the Dallas Mavericks. Now he comes out here, leads you in the clutch for a quick 30, and now he's able to get some talking with Josh Giddy. They were drawn after this game, interviews, whenever Josh Giddy saw it, man at 29 in Dallas, he's like, oh, it wasn't a 30-piece. Now Trey Mann gets the 30-piece, and Josh Giddy. He just starts going at it. I mean, this guy sounds like a 19-year-old. Uh, he's, he has the humor in him. And he ended up saying it was a cute 30. He didn't deserve it. Kept getting hacked down the stretch. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, it was great stuff. And you have Trey Mann right there asking this question to him. Uh, kind of just calling him out because, like, hey, he's finally hit that achievement. Josh Giddy's playfully pulling it down. What a fun duo you have in these first round picks and they're starting to show some amazing production and honestly this isn't a new thing we've seen it a lot but it's starting to come into full effect and it's winning some basketball games for the Oklahoma City Thunder doesn't matter which side of the coin you fall on in terms of if you should tank if you shouldn't tank this is a victory on either party what a game you had in the mecca But moving on, I want to talk even further into what we saw. Baisley ends up going for 23 points. Kenrich Williams goes for an uber-efficient pallet. He gets 13. Ty Jerome has 13. And Derek Favors has 10. This was a whole group effort that you had here. And they were all just rallying around the rookies. And it makes you think, 
What do they look like long term? And this this isn't a hot take, but it's pretty good. You know, Josh Giddy, he's been leading the rookies in assists. He's already gotten a three triple doubles. And the passes you've seen are just uncanny for his age. It, it's really uncanny just in general for NBA players to be making these passes. And under a six foot eight frame makes it even more interesting to see how he develops as a prospect. What we've seen from him, we've seen a ton of progression since he's come here, not just in the passing department, it's been good at the base level, but it's gotten better, but the driving ability with Josh Giddy has hit another level. He's still not getting fouled quite enough. He only took six foul shots in this game, and he really has been holding to like three or below most times, but off of these screens, he's now looking to penetrate and get his a lot more shots are coming around the cup, and he's looking to throw it down. We've seen a couple two-handed rim grazers. Saw a duo of those in uh, New York City last night, uh, but he was just throwing it up like it was nobody's business. And with that, you got to start dropping down, got to start hedging a little bit here off of these high ball screens, and it starts opening up the three ball. And let's keep it real. Like Josh Giddy is not an established three-point shooter currently. Um, a three of four outing for him is one of his better games from there. And it's really not supposed to stay consistent at that. But if he's a routine shooter where you're shooting around 35% off of that on ball play off of those screens, now you're talking a lethal three level player and it just expands his horizons of an already explosive passing array that he has in his bag. If someone's penetrating and there's a guy wide open in the corner. Josh Giddy's hitting them every freaking time. And if there's someone open at the right wing when he's driving in from the left, he'll still find them. He'll jump over his man and he's going to get it right into his fingertips. You don't see many plays where he throws an errant pass. Have there been some? Yeah. I mean, he had seven turnovers in this game. I think he had a botched like behind the back pass in the last week. So you'll have those. But for every one of those, you end up getting... 12 assists. I mean, a 12 to 7 assist ratio is still very good. And there were no gimmies in these 12 assists. He had to poof those out of his hat and he just kept doing it. Same goes with the shots that were going in for him. He was just taking what was given. If he was given a half a step off the drive, he'd get in front of them, kind of pull the tail where you bump them a little bit behind you, get the positioning, and just go at it. And with a guy who's 6'3 or 6'4 on your back, it really doesn't alter your shot that much. And he's gotten the control down to where the soft p- touch is, uh, is really banking for him. So 28 points, you know, that's great for him. Um, <laughs> if you want to say, does he top it this year? I'd say there's still a chance, of course. 28 is um, huge. And I think when SGA comes back, it will dwindle a bit. But I mean, he's going to be there someday again. And the triple doubles are not going to be going away. You have him as an amazing passer currently you have SGA who once he comes back from injury is going to be back to being a top driving force in the NBA if SGA can return to his off-ball prowess where he can start hitting those threes you can make it so you have the two-way matchup it's a lethal one where Giddy can be the primary ball handler or SGA can be the primary ball handler both of them work out and Josh Giddy's speed, which was criticized going in the draft, 
has not seemed to be an issue whatsoever. He's still getting to wherever he needs to, whenever he wants to, and it's made the offense so good, even in the absence of SGA, and with progression, it's going to get better and better, and the same goes for Trey Mann. He has been looking for an opportunity. Shot creator out of Florida. Started this season out with a couple of good games, but not enough reps. They had to throw him down with the OKC Blue, fighting with guys like Teo and Ty for opportunities. And that's where he was able to feel right at home, shooting whenever he felt like it. He started canning those transition pull-ups, those on-ball step-back threes. And then he got the confidence to where he jumps back in and now... You see him drop 29, 30 points. A couple games ago, he had 19 in a contest. And he's a consistent double-digit threat when you're plugging him in as a starter. When SGA comes back, I would assume Trey Mann is the one who gets the short end of the stick and has to jump back to the bench unit. But the man's been averaging 13.4 points. In the meantime, that's starting caliber. And if you're still feeding him 25, 28 minutes per game, You're going to be able to incubate the man, continue to allow him to grow, and for the second year campaign, with everybody healthy and a new draft pick on board, you are going to be set in stone. And you have to remember, 38 picks until 2028. These guys are holding a treasure trove right now in terms of draft capital, and they can start getting those prospects. They can start making those trades. I think it's fair to say, Trey Mann is going to be part of the long term now, and he's going to be getting a lot of minutes. And with Josh Giddy, you already know he's going to be starting. Now, can you predict the ceilings right now? Of course you can. You can say he'll be all NBA, all star based off of, you know, this one game here. I'd say with Josh Giddy for certain, I mean, the way we've seen it, if, you know, progression is linear here, he will be an all star. And with Trey Mann, he'll be a premier shot creator league-wide if you're able to give him the reps. And I think that that's fair assessments for both of them. And you got to just kind of have to keep waiting and waiting to see what happens here. But this was by far the most exciting game I've watched as a, a spectator this season, maybe even the last two, to be quite honest with you. Seeing the rookies in particular pop off, just make the game so much better. When Poku and Teo played the uh, Suns last year, you know, you had Poku drop in 25, I think. Teo got in a 30-point range, maybe 34. They lost the game, but oh boy, it was a very fun one to watch. And the Clippers won where like Josh Hall went off. I don't really like talking about that. I don't know if I'd call that a positive experience, uh, but it was a good laugh. This one, it's all smiles. You get major production out of the guys, and they're four and five without SGA. They can make it to five and five with their next game on Wednesday, and then you have the All Star break where you can let everything soak in. And Josh Giddy is going to be in the activities. He'll be on the Rising Stars Challenge, uh, and he'll be able to be participating in the grouping of the seven on seven on seven on seven tournament. Sponsored by Clorox. So I'll get you guys coverage on that. I'll get you guys coverage on the remainder of this team. But wow, what a fun one in the garden and what a fun team you have in Bricktown. Other than that though, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. I thank you all for listening and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.